Hello and welcome to this episode of Macro Sutra. I'm TCA Sharad Raghavan, Deputy Editor at The Print. And this time we're going to be talking about the main event that's coming up in one week, which is the interim budget. To discuss what interim budgets are, what the government's finances look like, what are the likely announcements that are going to happen, we have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at NIPFP. Thank you, Radhika, for joining us. Thank you, Sharad. So, Radhika, let's start as we do with the basic question, what is the difference between an interim budget and a budget that happens every year? So, a budget that happens every year uh, provides authorization for the government expenditure and spending. Right. So, uh, in interim budget, it will be, the full year's budget will be presented only after the election. So, interim budget is presented because uh, the full year budget will be presented only after election. So, but we do need to have authorization for the uh, uh, period from, uh, you know, from the starting of the financial year till the new government joins in. Absolutely. So, we do need continuity of policy, we do need continuity of expenditure, taxation regime. So an interim budget is uh, presented and then uh, elections are held and after election when the new government joins in, then the new government presents the uh, full budget. So right. that's the basic difference between interim budget and uh, full budget and interim budget is also called the vote on account. So right. it, uh, it seeks authorization for uh, continuity of expenditure. Mm -hmm. uh, pending elections and pending the full government's functioning. Right. So now, but we know that uh, interim budgets come right before general elections. Right. So there's always the temptation of wanting to use the interim budget as an election tool, as a vote getting tool. And uh, regarding that, actually, we have a question from uh, Gotham, who's one of our uh, viewers and subscribers. He says, uh, can we expect the government to ease up on its focus areas so far, such as CapEx in railways, infra and uh, the Make in India defense right. uh, and instead keep a larger chunk for subsidies and election related expenditure? See here, uh, if you look at some of the statements made by the finance minister, mm -hmm. she has already made it clear that spectacular announcements should not be uh, expected in this right. uh, interim budget. So what we do feel is that the focus on fiscal consolidation will uh, continue. Uh, and at the same time, the emphasis on uh, CapEx will also continue, okay. not to the same extent as last year, because if you remember last year, uh, the growth in capital expenditure was 37% over the revised estimates of the previous financial right. year. So it was a big jump uh, leading up to rupees 10 lakh crore of capital expenditure. Mm -hmm. But this time around also given that private investment is still uh, not picking up in a sustained manner, we do expect that the uh, budget's focus will remain on capital expenditure. Though at a slower rate, uh, we expect likely that around 12 to 15 percent growth over the uh, revised estimates of the current financial year okay. should be targeted as capital expenditure for the uh, next year. Uh, also, what we are seeing based on the you know data that we get from the controller general of accounts till now, the outlay on subsidies is not very high. So what we do feel is that mm -hmm. the government would be able to achieve its subsidy uh, target for the current financial year. And even for the next financial year, the allocation for subsidy is going to be more or less same as the current financial year. So the okay. uh, food and fertilizer subsidy allocation was 4 lakh crore in the current mm -hmm. year. And uh, 
uh, what we expect is that the allocation for fertilizer subsidy could go down because fertilizer prices have come down, imports of urea uh, have come down since the highs of uh, uh, 2022 when commodity prices were very high and fertilizer allocation, subsidy allocation had to be increased to more than 2 lakh crore. Right. So now we expect you know, if there's, a, uh, except for a situation where there could be a sudden another shock or sudden rebound in fertilizer prices, but what we do expect is that fertilizer subsidy bill is going to be more or less flat. Food subsidy bill, we already know that government has uh, announced the extension of the free uh, food grain scheme yes. by another five years. So that is expected to continue. So overall, subsidy bill is not going to explode. It's going to remain within limits. That's actually very good news. That's because very good news. A lot of people are expecting that before the elections, there is going to be a big jump in. Yeah, the so, promised subsidy amount. Yeah, so what is what we could see is that the existing schemes of the government, the mm -hmm. existing welfare schemes like PM Kisan, like uh, the Rural Jobs Guarantee Scheme, right. that could see uh, an enhancement in allocation, but we don't <coughs> see a big ticket jump, big ticket announcements or a steep jump in uh, subsidies. So that has been, if you see the track record of subsidy allocation, that has been the case that the expenditure on subsidies have been uh, rationalized, leaving aside the last financial year where subsidy allocation had to be increased because of uh, global headwind. Right. So other than that, uh, even accounting for the first supplementary demand for grants that we discussed, mm -hmm. during which time 58,000 crore of additional expenditure has been allocated, Was, yes. uh, within which 13,000 crore is for fertilizers. But cumulatively taking the account of all this, we feel that fertilizer subsidy bill and overall subsidy bill for this year as well as for the next financial year is likely to remain within limits. It's not going to uh, be too much different from the uh, present year's uh, budget estimate and the focus shall continue to be on fiscal consolidation. Okay, and uh, now we know that budget making is as much about revenue as it is about how the government spends its money. Right. So now revenue also comes in the form of uh, direct taxes, indirect taxes, and also non-tax revenue. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about how these numbers are looking and what we can expect? Yes. So firstly, looking at the receipts position, right. there are two kinds. We have the revenue receipts and capital receipts. Yes. Uh, within revenue receipts, we have the tax revenue and non-tax revenue. Within tax revenue, we have revenues from direct taxes and indirect taxes. Right. Non-tax revenue primarily includes the dividends that uh, government gets from uh, PSUs and from RBI. And we've seen very encouraging numbers of non-tax revenues right. in this uh, mm. uh, financial year because of RBI's uh, more than expected payout of dividends to the government. Right. So that is the revenue receipt, which includes the tax revenue and the non-tax revenue. And on the capital receipts, leaving aside the borrowing, what we have major uh, proportion is coming from the non-debt creating capital receipts, which is in the form of disinvestment, disinvestment right. asset monetization. So those are the broad components that we can, uh, you know, think about, analyze that what will happen in this financial year and what's going to happen. What is li the likelihood of their trajectory in the coming financial year? Right. So let's talk about the tax revenue first. And if we talk about the tax revenue, looking at the direct taxes in particular, they mm -hmm. have been doing very well. So direct taxes uh, growth from April to November has been more than 25%. 
over wow. the April to November of last financial year, and it's driven by both uh, income taxes as well as corporate taxes. Right. So direct taxes have done uh, well, and this is uh, if we compare it with what was announced in the budget, the budget target was ten point five percent for direct taxes. Okay. But the growth in the uh, this period from April to November has been above twenty percent. So based on these trends, we can safely assume that the government will surpass its direct tax. Estimates. The target that is that right. is forgiven on indirect taxes. We are not doing so well. We are actually oh. lagging in terms of the budget uh, estimate. So again, uh, the budget estimate was ten and a half percent. But what we see from April to November data is five percent. So that is again oh, due to you know uh, trade slowdown and that's resulting in uh, you know reduced uh, collections from indirect taxes. But cumulatively, considering both direct and indirect taxes, what we can see is that the net tax revenue of the government will be more than what they budgeted in the current financial year. And over and over and above that, even for the next financial year, it is expected around 10 to 11 percent growth. So again, healthy okay. growth in That's strong. Is, is expected to be strong. And this is again, noteworthy point is that our base nominal GDP growth has been lower. Right. Right. So nominal GDP growth was assumed to be uh, more than 10%, what we actually got was 8.9% as per the first advance estimate for the current financial year. So even if our uh, nominal GDP growth is only 8.9%, right. we are getting a tax direct tax revenue growth of above 25%. That means that there is the buoyancy of tax revenues have improved. And yeah, our tax to GDP ratio will look a lot better. Look, everything, yes. right? Yes. So in relation to GDP, our taxes will look a lot more better, and mm -hmm. uh, which is expected to continue in the uh, next financial year as well. Mainly driven by the encouraging performance of direct taxes. So we have seen that you know if we look at the last two three years, government's the tax estimates have been quite conservative, and right. government is able to. Uh, meet those targets and surpass those targets even with an unfavorable base in the form of a lower nominal GDP growth. So that's the extent of you know improvement in tax revenue that we have seen that despite an unfavorable base, we are getting a good collection, uh, particularly from direct taxes. Right. Okay. The only one point to note here is that going forward, the corporate tax collection may see a slowdown because hmm. now profits have started to normalize. Right. You see were, uh, in yes. the third quarter, uh, the corporate profits have uh, decelerated a bit. So the, the, the period of very strong profit growth that we saw in these uh, two, three quarters mm -hmm. contributing to strong corporate tax collections may not continue. And therefore, there is some normalization of corporate tax growth. But even then, we do as you we do think that the uh, tax collections will grow by eleven to twelve percent. So now that's that's the tax revenue side of things. Yeah. But uh, there's also the non-tax revenue yeah. where, uh, from what I've seen, there's a very healthy dividends that have been coming in. Yes. But on the other side, disinvestment hasn't been that great. Yes. So those are the two, uh, you know, offsetting factors that on the one side, non-tax revenues have mm -hmm. uh, done well in terms of healthy dividend. Uh, but if you look at the disinvestment receipt, the target for this year was 61,000 crore. Right. And by this time, uh, April to November, the uh, collected amount is hardly 12,000 crore. Oh. So, uh, 
there will be a substantial scaling down of disinvestment receipts in terms of the revised estimates that will come out for this financial year. It's it's expected that the government will not be able to meet its target and there will be a substantial phasing down of the uh, disinvestment uh, estimates for the current financial year. Right. And uh, if the government tends to become more uh, realistic about disinvestment receipts, which it should, then we, we think that for the next financial year, the target should be kept uh, you know, lower and it mm -hmm. should be around 25 to 30,000 crore for the next financial year, right. given that this time there has been a considerable underperformance in disinvestment receipt. So, uh, given the past trend, there it is likely that the government will scale down on its target for disinvestment receipt and the comfort it will get is from the taxation side, you know, direct tax. Right. And also the strong dividends. And also the strong dividends, which are again expected to increase by around 4 to 5% over the revised estimates of the current year. Okay. And uh, now there's, there's one sector of the economy. I mean, even though GDP growth has been reasonably strong, the agriculture sector, rural demand yeah. has not been that strong. It's not been as strong as other sectors have done. Right. So can we expect in the budget some aid for them? Yeah, so the, that is a you know valid expectation, even though we don't see on the one side, we see that consumption has been weak. We saw mm -hmm. from the first advance estimates that it's the growth is mainly led by investment, but right. consumption side is weak. And if it would have been a full year uh, budget, there would have been legitimate expectations around uh, boosting consumption, introducing right. measures to boost consumption in the form of increasing tax rebates or standard deductions uh, on the taxation front and also some uh, concerted measures for revival of rural consumption. Right. Now, uh, Considering that it's an interim budget and convention uh, shows that we don't see a uh, great overhaul in taxation regime during the interim, interim uh, budget. budget, it may well happen. Nothing stops the government. But going by the convention, what we can expect is that there could be some measures to boost at least the rural consumption. There could right. be some uh, increase in allocation for the government's already uh, existing welfare uh, schemes like uh, PM Kisan, where the cash handout could be raised from rupees 6,000 to rupees 8,000 to, right. to some amount. There also what is uh, uh, expected is that the allocation on rural jobs guarantee program, the Manrega, which was substantially scaled down last year to 60,000 crore. Mm. And uh, that was uh, seen to be a substantial underestimation of right. the Because they uh, anyway had to revise it up. They had to revise it up. Right. So, and there are some pending uh, dues as well. So, we can expect uh, an increase in allocation for uh, uh, the rural jobs guarantee scheme and the other thing is I think a lot should be done also towards employment generation and one uh, instrument for that could be the low cost housing what we've seen last uh -huh. financial year yes. uh, the, uh, the allocation for PM Awas Yojana was increased by 66% uh, to uh, mm -hmm. you know a big number I think 69,000 crore <coughs> so we, we could see uh, retained focus on these uh, low-cost housing, emphasis on the rural sector through PM Kisan, emphasis on the farm sector right. uh, through enhanced allocation of, uh, you know, the increasing the target for agricultural credit because still a lot, large proportion of farmers depend on non-institutional sources of credit. So, there mm -hmm. could be this, uh, uh, you know, an in increase in target for uh, agri-credit and right. interest subvention 
to some extent what we to saw encourage them to take the to credit take the credit right. from formal means so i think these are some of the schemes which are already existing and we could see some uh, upward revision in allocation right. enhancing these schemes enhancing basically enhancing these schemes rather yeah. than coming up with an altogether new scheme uh, yeah that is the expectation right so now overall your sense then is from this interim budget uh, do you feel it's going to be you know over the top spending as a lot of the government's critics fear it might be because the elections are coming up or do you think that it's going to be much more prudent and so i think there will be a balance between fiscal prudence maintaining their uh, you know maintaining the path of fiscal prudence and uh, some measures to support growth where okay. particularly in sectors where it is uh, uh, weak like we mentioned we talked about rural consumption and uh, right. uh, measures to boost consumption uh, but on uh, fiscal consolidation i think uh, the emphasis would continue and even in the current financial year this, despite the uh, shortfall on the disinvestment receipt mm-hmm. uh, government is expected to come close to its uh, budgeted target of 5.9% of uh, come GDP. close you you don't feel it will actually meet it, it it may make make also because you know the the point is that your nominal gdp growth is low is low. so, so yeah. uh, it all depends what happens in the next the next 3 months are going to be critical but the fact right. is that the government will be either closer or it will be able to meet its target so it okay. will not be a substantial deviation from its 5.9% uh, target mainly due to as we mentioned the buoyancy in uh, tax revenue right there could also be some expenditure savings there could also be some expenditure saving mainly right. coming from uh, revenue expenditure side because uh, you know if you look at the uh, cga numbers the controller general of accounts the numbers that we get for uh, april to november we see that expenditures both on the capital front and on revenue front have mm-hmm. slowed down in the last two months so right yes there could be some expenditure savings and then there is a, a better tax revenue collection so these could help offset the uh, the shortfall that may arise due to the lower nominal gdp growth so on balance okay. we do expect government to be uh, able to achieve its uh, 5.9% target and uh, also stick to its medium term uh glide path which is difficult you know we don't yeah. know that it's uh, it has the government has repeatedly reiterated that its uh, medium term goal is to come to 4.6% of gdp fiscal deficit right. by uh, 2025 26 which is a tough target which is a tough target from even if it achieves 5.9 it means another 1.4 percentage points reduction right. that means 70 basis points reduction each year mm. and that is a very difficult target so what we do expect is at least a half percentage point reduction so mm-hmm. mostly people are considering either the target will be in the range of 5.2 to 5.4% we think that it will be around 5.4% because okay. uh, you know the government doesn't want to should not be drastically cutting its expenditure it's spending right yeah, we still need growth we need growth at right. a time when uh, consumption is low at a time when the economy is subject to multiple global headwinds so because of all these reasons and also you know very important thing if you look at the uh, uh, trajectory of total expenditure to gdp 
and total revenue expenditure to gdp it has been consistently falling after the in increase in uh, the covid the period. covid period so right. there has been a steady decline while the capital expenditure to gdp has risen but total expenditure has as a percent to gdp has been shrinking so even if the government wants to so currently it is around 15% so total ex, the budget size is 15% or right so even if the government wants to maintain it it, it cannot drastically cut its fiscal deficit target so, yeah and i understand right yeah and that that would have been possible if we are getting a nominal gdp growth of say 15 to 16% but which we are not which we are so not. which we are not so, and it's not expected you know again the government is likely to assume a nominal gdp growth of 10 and a half percent at most which right. again we could be an overestimation and we could again end up having a nominal gdp growth of 9 to 10% So, right. given these uh, scenarios, I think the reasonable way to move would be to have a fiscal deficit target of five point four to five point three percent of GDP, and again having another forty to fifty basis points reduction in the next financial year, which gets it closer, but not achieving not the achieving. four and a half right. uh, percent fiscal deficit target because uh, you know you can't go about drastically cutting even the revenue expenditure. Revenue Absolutely. expenditure is also needed to you know carry on the expenditure and uh, we have seen shrinkage of budget size but beyond a point if uh, budget size is shrunk further it will be uh, detrimental to growth to growth which they don't want yeah so there you go i mean so uh, the budget one week from now we can expect a focus on capital expenditure as the government has been doing so far it might not be quite as much as last year because that was a huge jump but it'll still be significant the subsidy burden surprisingly is not expected to grow very much from what it already is everybody expects that you know elections are coming and so the budget's going to have a lot of subsidies freebies that's not the expectation there are other signs where you know where the government needs some attention there's a i mean disinvestment receipts of course are very low compared to what was targeted but on the other side dividends and tax revenue especially direct tax revenue has been strong not uh, indirect tax revenue has not been strong so that's something it might need to put some attention to the agri sector is likely to get some help especially to boost the sector itself and as well rural demand because that's one area that's been lacking but overall it's going to be a responsible budget it's not going to be that we're just going to throw money at the problem So that's all we have for you. Thank you so much.